So uh, we started this church in 1999, and uh, so that means we're, by some accounts, already 20, by other accounts, soon to be 20. We won't argue the specifics of that, but uh, in 2002, we, we felt like God had given us our vision, the vision that he had for us as a church, a, a vision for community transformation. And if you have been in the last several years to Taste of Riverstone or to our newcomer's lunch, you, you may have heard me say that you know, this is what God has called us to. This is the vision that he has given us, community transformation. And we believe that there will be tangible, measurable evidence of uh, God's God's transforming of our community, not, not us transforming the community, but God transforming the community and, and sometimes using us in that process. But we have believed that there would be measurable evidence. And three of the things that I have pointed to uh, that were measurable, that we believe would be signs of God's presence in our community. Or number one were uh, that the crime rate would drop. Number two was that abortion would disappear and number three was that divorce would diminish in our community. There would be a, a measurable uh, move in those three areas. About five years ago, I was told by uh, a policeman, a police officer from Fulton County, that in recent years, violent crime in Cobb County had dropped almost to an unmeasurable rate. So... We believed that God was giving us uh, evidence uh, that he was moving in our community in that regard. Um, in February, we called a church-wide fast, and we fasted and we prayed uh, for this, for the heartbeat bill to pass. And then last Tuesday, uh, my wife and I had opportunity uh, to stand with our governor as he signed the bill. Uh, yeah, praise the Lord. I want to. I want to say this about that. Obviously, God did it. Uh, obviously, uh, the governor was bold enough and courageous enough to sign it. Um, but I don't want you to miss the part that you played in it. Uh, because you embraced uh, the, the call to fast and the call to pray. And, and the Bible says that the eyes of the Lord search to and fro throughout the earth that he may strongly support those whose hearts are completely his. And because you were willing to pray, God moved. And so, thank you for that. Uh, I believe this bill has the potential, and, it, and, and it's, it's not over yet. There'll be a fight, and we know that. Uh, I had a chance to pray with, with the governor and some of his people uh, on Tuesday for exactly that, the fight that is ahead. We know that's coming, but I believe that this bill has the potential to reverse something that was put in motion uh, 35 years ago. 
over 35 years ago with Roe v. Wade. And so I just encourage you to continue to pray um, as we move forward. And then I would say also that marriage is next. So today is Mother's Day. I had a chance to be with my mom for a few minutes yesterday on my, uh, to celebrate Mother's Day with her. And, and she said, you know, my mom had six children. And my mom said, of my six children, you were the only good baby. <laughs> but boy, did you make up for it as a teenager. <laughs> so... As we get ready to talk about moms and just how incredible they are, let's take a look at this. Mind-blowing stuff. Crazy. So, I, I'm pretty sure that some of the scenes that you just saw were actually Mason. Um, <laughs> just knowing, you know, just being a part of his, his childhood and, and his growing up. You know, people can do amazing things. They, they really can. I mean, and we could have a contest. We could, we could call for a contest and we could bring people in to celebrate the amazing things that they do. And I don't know if y'all have noticed this, but Ronald Acuna can hit a, ball, a baseball really far, really far. And we could bring him in and, and let him demonstrate that. Uh, Usain Bolt, if you know who Usain Bolt is, he's probably, he's considered to be the fastest person in the world. And he runs, he has run a 9.58100 meters, which sounds impressive, but translate that, he, he has run right, right at 28 miles an hour. So just go out this afternoon. Ladies, since it's Mother's Day, we'll let you drive. You drive your car 28 miles an hour and let your husband run alongside. <laughs> and just see if he can keep up. Keep up. I, I don't know if you any Jeopardy fans in the crowd, but I, I'm, it's my favorite show. And James Holzhauer is the current champion. Unbelievable. He is so crazy smart. He could just stand up here and answer questions, and we would be amazed. Uh, we've had people on this sh stage that have been able to play the guitar incredibly. They call it shredding. Now, I, I grew up in the Watergate era, and, and we didn't consider shredding to be a good thing. <laughs> but apparently shredding now is a good thing. And so if they can shred on the guitar. I know people in this congregation who are crazy good at card tricks. Card tricks. You can do amazing things with cards. Now, jugglers are, are something that blow my mind. I don't understand juggling. I don't, you know, I, I, I can throw a ball up and catch it. Throw a ball up and catch it. I don't understand how, you, how do you add more 
balls and you have like three balls and you're throwing them all and, and what happens to the one? How, how do you tell this one to stay here while you catch this one? I, I just don't get that. But you know what's even crazier than juggling? There are people who juggle chainsaws. I don't know what their mothers told them when they were children about chainsaws, but I was told chainsaws are dangerous, especially when they're on. And they're juggling chainsaws that are on. Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. Now, do you know that there's a guy who is famous for painting paint? Yeah. Look it up. If you don't believe me, just Google it when you, when you leave here today, not right now. But when you leave here today, just Google the, the man who became famous by painting paint. He paints paint. I, I don't even know how you decide what color to paint paint. But he paints paint, and I just think that's crazy impressive that you could become famous for that. And we could parade all those people up here. And we could even bring somebody up here. You know those people who build stuff with Legos? Have you seen some of the stuff? People can build with Legos. We could build the enormous thing up here on the stage with Legos. And then after all of that, just one woman could walk up here on the stage and she could say to us, well, actually, I can grow a human body inside my body. (laughs) And I can birth. I can birth that human body from my body, and then I can feed that human body with my body, and that's how amazing women are. And that's how amazing mothers are. So today, we're going to talk a little bit about moms. And we want to do that uh, from the life of Mary. Uh, I believe that the life of a mother is one that It is a life both of agony and ecstasy. I really, you know, I've never been a mom, but I've been really close to being, I've been close to moms. As close, (laughs) as close as you can be. I've had a mom, and I have lived for 40 years with a mom. That's as close as a man can get to being a mom. So, I believe Uh, that the the life of a mom is both agony and ecstasy. You're there when they win. You're there when they lose. Uh, You're there when they fall in love. And you're there when they have their hearts broken. So we're going to take a look today at Mary. I think she's the greatest mom who ever lived. And uh, I'm going to begin by reading from Luke chapter 1. We'll throw that up on the screen. We'll just read verses 28 through 30. Now, this is an angel. And he came to her, that's Mary, and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now let's pray. Lord, I pray uh, that you would speak to us today uh, from your word. 
your word is true and your word is alive and we open our hearts and we open our spirits to your word. Teach us today. In Jesus' name, amen. I want us to look today just at some characteristics uh, from the life of Mary. And uh, these are not just things that, that women and moms should aspire to. These are things that all of us can aspire to and should aspire to. Number one is that she had favor with God. She had favor with God. The angel of the Lord uh, comes to her and says, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. God could have chosen anyone. Uh, Don't let that be lost in the story. God could have chosen anyone. He chose Mary. He chose Mary, and he said, you know, this is going to be the one. This, this young virgin, who most scholars believe was probably 14 or 15 years old at the time, she's going to be the mother of my son. How many of you would have, if you had been given by God the responsibility of choosing the mother of Jesus, would have gone to the local middle school to find candidates? Probably not, but God chose Mary. She had favor with the Lord. It's an incredible thing to think of God choosing Mary, but hey, guess what? God chose you. He chose you as well. He chose you. He has pursued you. He chose you before the foundations of the earth. He sealed that decision by sending his son to the cross, and he has pursued you and continues to pursue you and will continue to pursue you for the rest of your life. Even if you have said yes to him, guess what? Even in your yes, he will continue to pursue you and continue to choose you and continue to show favor towards you because that's the kind of God that he is. Second thing we see in Mary's life is that she was humble. Mary was humble. She was more surprised than anyone that God had chosen her. Uh, Verse 29, where we just read, says that Mary was greatly troubled. She was greatly troubled at the words of the angel. She couldn't understand. You know, if we look at the story of the prodigal son, and the, the younger son, he leaves, he wants his inheritance early, he goes away and wastes it, and then he comes back. And when he comes back home, the father celebrates his homecoming. And the older son says, why not me? Why not me? But Mary says, why me? We can live our lives expecting things to be given to us, or we can live our lives knowing that actually we deserve nothing. Nothing. One leads to a life of entitlement and anger, and the other leads to a life of gratitude. The older brother said, why not me? Mary said, Why me? She was humble. The third thing we see about Mary is that she was obedient. Luke 138, she says, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. So Mary put her unwavering trust 
in God. And things wouldn't always be pleasant for her. Her yes didn't always bring pleasure. The question for us is, do we have a solid, unwavering trust in the Lord, or do we have the kind of trust that is blown around by the wind of circumstances? I can promise you that the circumstances of your life will not stay constant. They will shift and turn. There will be good times and there will be difficult times. And the question for us is where do we stand and how do we stand when trouble comes? Mary had an unwavering trust in the Lord. Now, later on in her life, we see that she has the same trust in Jesus that she had in the Father when the angel brought her the message that she would be the mother of Jesus. In John chapter 2, we find Jesus and his mom at a wedding. And she comes up to Jesus and she says, they're out of wine. And Jesus says, it's not my time. And Mary says, do whatever he says. Do whatever he says. So, so what's going on here? And sometimes this is a difficult passage for us. We look at that and we say, well, why is Jesus being so abrupt with his mom? I mean, she just said, hey, we need wine. Why, you know, he says, it's not my time. We, gotta under, we have to understand the culture and we have to understand the language of the day. When uh, weddings at this time were a huge deal. Weddings were a big deal. In fact, um, banquets were considered in Jewish culture the best picture of heaven on earth. Banquets. And the best banquet was the wedding banquet. The wedding banquet. And it usually lasted about a week. And so right in the middle of this week-long ceremony, they run out of wine. And Jesus fills six stone jars that hold about 20 gallons each. That's 120 gallons of wine. (laughs) Now, I just want to say, this is wine. It's not grape juice. It's wine. And cover your ears if you need to, but apparently Jesus drank wine. In fact, as you read Scripture, there's pretty overwhelming evidence that Jesus drank wine. and, And I'll just say that I don't think that Jesus and his disciples were accused of being drunkards because they ran around drinking milk with people. Seriously. Now, we know that Jesus did not get drunk. We know that because the Scripture says plainly, don't be drunk with wine. And there are Scriptures in Proverbs that speak about being drunk. But we also know that Jesus drank wine. That's what people drank in that day. But the point of the story is not wine. It's really not. The point of the story is this. Jesus says... Dear woman, his mom comes to him and says, son, they don't have any wine. And he turns and says, dear woman, 
He doesn't say mom. He calls her a woman instead of speaking to her as his mother. And we need to understand that this title, woman, is a title of respect. But it's a formal title, not an informal title. We would expect Jesus to say, Mom, why are you you asking me to do this? It's not my time. We would expect that, but, but he doesn't do that. I want to suggest to you that this is why. This is very important transition, not just in the scripture, but in the life of Jesus. It's an important transition. Mary comes to Jesus and she speaks to him as her son. And he speaks back to her as God's son. And she's okay with it. She speaks to him as her son. Son, they're out of wine. He speaks back to her as God's son. Woman, it's not my time. My hour, my hour is not here. And then she says to the people, recognizing, recognizing that the son that had been given to her was now given back to the Father. She says, I'm okay with that. I'm good with that. And she turns to the people and she says, do whatever he says. Don't do what I say. Do what he says. Follow him. Follow him. The fourth thing that we notice about about Mary is that she was criticized with Jesus. Mark chapter 6, the people say, isn't that Joseph and Mary's boy? Isn't that Joseph and Mary's boy, the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? And they're offended. They're offended by, by Jesus. And Mary is hurt by that. I want to say that if you choose to follow Jesus, there will be people who will be offended by you, and there will be people that because they criticize him, they will criticize you. And and you don't have to enjoy it, but you can't run from it. You don't have to enjoy it, and you really shouldn't seek it. You certainly shouldn't wear it as a badge, but you can't run from it. The fifth thing I noticed about Mary is that she was at the cross. She was at the cross. John 19.5, it says that she watched him die. I can't imagine that there's anything worse than watching your child die. And there are people in this room who, who have done that. And I know that uh, for those of you who have been through that, that, that Mother's Day can be a hard, hard day. There may even be people from, from Riverstone who are not here today because of that, because it's such a hard day. I can't imagine anything worse than watching your child die, except maybe watching your perfect, sinless son publicly humiliated and executed for everyone's sins 
but his because he had none. Mary was at the cross. Being a parent can be very painful. And I believe that Mary paves the way for us to follow. There was a man named Simeon who predicted, who prophesied to Mary when Jesus was still a baby that her soul would be pierced because of the fact that she was the mother of Jesus. The sixth thing and the last thing I will say about Mary is that she remained. She remained. Acts chapter 1, verses 12 through 14 says this. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath's day walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. And those present were Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. They were all together there, constantly in prayer, along with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. They've been through so much. Jesus has died He's been buried. They lost hope. Jesus was raised from the dead. They had, he appeared to several people. They had a hard time believing that it was true. But now we move into the book of Acts and we find them gathering to pray. And Mary, the mother of Jesus, is there. Now, we know from previous scriptures in the Gospels that Jesus' brothers didn't believe. They didn't believe. They thought he was crazy. They really wanted to have Jesus put away because he was an embarrassment to the family. And they, they did not follow him. And, and as far as we know, they were not there at the cross. Jesus, from the cross, looks at his mom and says to John, take care of of my mother, take care of your mother. So apparently, we could, we could say that there's a good chance his brothers were not there at the cross. But now, after the resurrection, in this prayer circle, as they've come together to pray and wait for instruction and wait for the Holy Spirit, Guess who's there? Not only is Mary, the mother of Jesus, there, but his brothers are there. Why do you think they're there? I believe that they're there because they followed their mother into belief. And so the question, the big question for all of us, can the people in our lives, family, friends, acquaintances, strangers, can they follow us 
into belief. Then they follow us into faith. Mary believed. She never stopped believing. And I believe her steadfastness, her faithfulness, led to the salvation of her children. What could be a better Mother's Day than that? Now let's pray. Lord, we love you. We love you. We love you. And we open our hearts. We open our spirits to you today. Have your way in us. In Jesus' name.